We didn't really come up with a plan, and this is throwing things out there, but there's something that we just talked about beforehand. Uh, before we get on to that... Us without a plan. Uh, our, sorry, pardon? Us doing a podcast without a plan. It does That's help sometimes. <laughs> it it does help. I don't think there's ever been a plan. It's more just the direction that gives us. And the fact that he probably talks 50% of the whole thing. He loves and that he'll role, talk over, if it's, over us if needed. Can I just throw in, when um, Alan Jones finished, don't you think it's could have taken over? <laughs> no, his views weren't that right wing. I really <laughs> thought Clayton would have um, put in a bid for it. Get, oh, him out of, get him out of the house for a bit. Definitely, definitely. Sid, um, what are you going to say? The Greg Hartley game, I remember, this is late 70s. And I don't know who the two sides were, but the pitch invader was this uh, woman who came on the field and started telling off uh, Greg Hartley. Oh, yeah, she had the finger out. She and giving, like giving him, him a goalful. And he's just standing there. And like... poking him in the chair. And you can't, there's no audio, audio, but she's certainly giving him an ear bashing. Yeah. And the funniest thing is watching, uh, listening to Rex Mossop, he's completely cracking up over this. And eventually she gets excored off the ground, but she has totally forgotten herself. It's like, I'm so upset by this. I'm going to go on the field and tell Hartley what I think. Yeah. <laughs> totally the, forget there's cameras. This is the game that's going to be telecast later that night. It's a cracker, Jack. There's got to be a link we can provide for that. I remember watching it as a kid and, and Moss of just losing it. He found it so hilarious. I like how Hartley just stood there and took it. He just he, but he didn't, didn't fire The thing back. about it was that she was almost the same size as him. Yeah. Yeah, true. He wasn't a big guy, but he, he had a pretty good attitude. Is he dead, Greg Hartley? You'd have to Do you have that. heart problems? Oh, I'm not sure. Hartley, heart problems. Uh, no, no, I was trying to make no pun there. Okay. I thought the craziest uh, rugby league experiment I remember is when they brought over a French referee who didn't have enough English. And so like, there he is trying to referee a game. You know, and he's blowing the whistle for penalty, this will get inside, but he can't speak to English to the players. Like, who was the bright spark who actually thought, let's bring over a referee who can't even speak English? I think that I think he came over to rugby to, to do a union match, but they threw him into rugby league match just to make it even better. And it's the most bizarre thing with the players just being clueless about what he's on about. I feel sorry for the ref, like, seriously, like, who came up with this stupid idea to make the make it look that incompetent? It's funny now, but, you know, that could cost results when people say, I don't even know what he's on about. Who remembers their school French? Did you actually do more than Year 7? That's going to be the conversation on the field. Well, Sid, you did a bit of French, didn't you? Uh, I did it for four years. How would you say... Um... Play the ball. Uh, you'd be very interested to know that um, uh, play is like jouer, and uh, the ball is the the ball is going to be really interesting because they either either say ball or they say you know boulon. But Jesus, my French is that bad. Someone's going to correct me now because I just don't have a chance to speak it anymore. You, you did it for four years. For four years, it was a bit of like a also a family tradition. My sister is uh, very fluent in it. My mum was very fluent in it. Uh, once That's or something twice you did on purpose. With, yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. I, well, I heard I heard you um you took up French because you didn't want to do home science. 
I found out very quickly the better you understand another language, uh, the easier it is to understand your own. Because to learn it as like a teenager, now. I started learning at 12, I had to learn like their grammar system, their syntax system, and you can only relate it back to English. So you start to understand how English works a lot better when you're forced to do it like, you know, you know, probably when did I start? 12, 13, something like that. It would have been different if I started as a seven-year-old. Like when you see those kids who could speak two languages and jump between mm. both accents really seamlessly, then kids are better equipped to actually uh, pick up a new language than what we are as like, you know, yeah. teenagers and adults. It's obviously left an impression on you, judging by how much you can speak today. I can read it a lot better than what I can do to have a verbal conversation. I just need more time to comprehend it. And plus, I've lost a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Sid, can you... um? I just remember a story you told me probably a couple of times. Um, in, in some of your uh, medical things, uh, you, you've been under the, not under the knife, but under anaesthetic, and you've um, been speaking other languages. Do you want to? Yeah, talk that about did it? happen once. I came out of anaesthetic and um, was speaking French to the nurse, and it was only until that cloud of anaesthetic went out of my head, I started to speak English. And all I can gauge by the feedback, I could have been talking complete BS. I don't know. <laughs> Did but you pick apparently up? They understood, they understood me. So it reaches some part of the brain that activates, like, remember that school French haven't spoken in donkey's years? Well, now you can do it fluently, all those words that you've forgotten. Did you pick up, Master? Very interesting. Speaking French. To Did I nurse. pick up? Yeah. Did I pick up a nurse while under anaesthetic speaking French? Yeah. Well, as you can hear, I had all the moves being under anaesthetic and connected to all the tubes and stuff like that. So d- definitely I did invite her out for, you know, a dinner date straight after. Well, you never made it to the hospital cafeteria? Yeah, that may have taken a day or two longer. <laughs> they always end up with you at some stage, though. Mm-hmm. The master was a bit of a player back in the day. Yeah. What do you mean back you know, in the day? It wasn't like that bit from the Adams family, like, oh, Tish, you spoke French. No, it wouldn't have been like that. What has it been like watching sports with no crowds? Yeah, it's different. Very different. Eddie, when you were talking before about, like, the UFC, yeah, I remember that one, uh, the UFC, where it was Gaethje versus Ferguson. Mm-hmm. And I think if you know the particular round with yep. Ferguson was really copying it. I think it was round three or round four, I can't remember. And what was yeah. scary without the crowd, the punches he was taking to the face, how loudly you could hear them. Yes. Um, yeah, in absolutely. one regard, like, how could he still be standing up when most people would have been in a coma? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's you haven't got that crowd noise to sort like of um, dampen it. And yeah, you yeah, basically just got. But his face looked like a total mess. But oh, totally. How many how many people would feed off the crowd just to get them motivated? Yeah, I know. It's hear just the all... cheer, hear the vibe. You know, they walk in there and there's ten thousand in the arena, kind of thing, and mm. people, you know, yelling out your name or going against you, and like just that whole like motivational factor is just totally gone. Yeah, look, the crowd's definitely a um, a part of sport that yeah it, it spurs on. The home team it, it lifts it lifts a boxer if they're down yeah if they he's, he's mm. the crowd cheering for him yeah it's definitely a, a missing part of sport these days but um, we don't have any option there's no um, there's no way around that 
Uh, earlier in the year, I saw with the two straw weights, the women, and I'm going to super struggle to pronounce them. The Polish lady, lady Joanna Jajczyk, I'm not even sure how you pronounce it. but That's exactly and, correct, yeah. Uh, I'll take your word for that. I, I think then, it's actually Lady Jajczyk, I think, yeah. Yes, and if you know how That's to correct pronounce too, it, please in, write to um, us. Some cultures. Yes. Where, where can they write to us, uh, Master? And... Uh, uh, I, I will have to defer that one to Graham. <laughs> I'm going to have to bounce that one off to Eddie. Oh, okay. That would be okay, Eddie. I'll answer. Well, we're on a recording theme, aren't we? Yeah, you can you can write to us and tell us how to pronounce that name at men talking over beer at gmail.com. Is Eddie being rhetorical? Unbelievable. You'll have to give us a little. Um, a little sound bite there to you know make us know like rather than just saying here's the spelling and this sounds like this and this sounds like that because uh, as you can tell that we really know what we're talking about can i just say when you mentioned ufc you lost me at you oh not a fan grant really uh sorry yeah i never used to be but um i gotta say it was the the chicks that got me interested in ufc ronda rousey and um um, Holly Home. That was incredible, incredible. Well, thank you, Holly Home. I've I've heard of Ronda Rousey. I've never heard of Holly Home until now. Is she like um very good? Yeah, Holly Home went in against Rousey as the massive underdog. Uh, Rousey just had a, a a way of intimidating other fighters. That um, they they were a bit like Tyson. You know, they were basically beaten before they mm. before the first bell went. And um, what do you mean psych- psychologically or yeah, yeah psychologically. Oh, she was yeah. pretty good at that. I mean, yeah. she was strong too. Yeah. Mm. And what happened? Uh, Rousey got got her ass kicked. Oh, got her totally kicked. It, it basically well, she, finished her in the USC. Damn. Mm. She met someone who was an excellent striker, and she's never fought a really good striker before. And you could see it just bit by bit. She was wearing Rousey down, who just could not get her into a favorite position, which was the armbar. And you just realised very quickly that Rousey was very, very good at one technique, the armbar. But when someone else pushed her on other areas, she could not cope as well. So I thought it was a good life lesson. If you're going to do something like that, have more than one trick up your sleeve. And that's well, Rousey one, one more, done very quickly. One more than, what was it, the armbar? Uh, she was brilliant at the armbar. Watch the video. I would say 90% of her wins are via armbar. Can you, like on, on a... Uh, like a, a talking platform, explain the armbar. Uh, armbar is usually done. I'm going to try to do this. Is when you actually have your opponent's arm. So if you imagine this, your right arm, you've got it extended out. It could be the left, uh, though, couldn't it? It could, yeah, be, the it could left. be the left. It could be the right. You've got it extended out, and the way that you're positioning that person's arm, and the way you've levered your feet, usually around their body or underneath, you're actually flexing that arm back, so it's hyperextending usually the elbow, or depending on how you do it, hyperextending usually the shoulder, and most opponents usually tap out because the pain is excruciating, but it's hyperextending it, and that's called the armbar. Okay. It scares you. You'll tap out straight away if you've never experienced it. Just sounds a little bit like something that happened um, in a, the motel room at Orange recently. Yeah, don't confuse uh, it with one of the master's who? moves, which was the pants bar. <laughs> now, now, Eddie, can you explain the pants bar? 
I'd rather not. No, I don't think we have the, the okay. correct rating mm-hmm. to explain the pants bar, but um, needless to say, it was one of the master's moves back in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm I'm happy that I've come through today and now I know about the armbar. Um, mm-hmm. Probably need a bit more research, but um, I think I've got yeah. it. No, look, have a bit of a look at USC. I mean, there's this perception that it's basically just chuck two in a cage and let them go for it, but there's an incredible not amount of tactics all. and uh, planning. and, and but it's not, is, is it on par with the old wrestling? Like, it's completely legit. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, USC is oh, This is legit. legit. It hurts. Yeah. You can see it. Yeah. There's no way it could be doctored at all. Oh, no. Oh, uh, no, if there is a throw match, I think the way they're trying to make their sport look so clean and so above board, that person will probably be banned for life. They've gotten yeah. rid of drug cheats as soon as they found them, or they've suspended them. So they're trying to legitimise the sport because it certainly comes from a background where there's a lot of doubts over it. Is this just pure thuggery, or is this people that have really honed their craft and could put it out there? Because it's not just about thumping people. You've got to really plan this. It's, it's really a culmination of a lot of sports. I mean, obviously, boxing, um, wrestling, um, jiu-jitsu, so, yeah, martial arts. It, it's it's a, just a combination of all those sports. And the tactics you see are just phenomenal. Like, you only got to look at the um, uh, Conor McGregor and, and Cowboy fight. That was just amazing, the tactics. Um, McGregor came in against Cowboy. Yeah, she... Wow! Oh, did, he the the, um, did he do the arm? Did he do the armbar? No, no armbar. He did the no shoulder, armbar, shoulder fact, bar to the he, to the head. Is it the shoulder did, bar? Yeah, he didn't, well? didn't Connor didn't do, Connor do the uh, the chair bar bus bar thing? No. Didn't he throw a chair through a bus at one stage? Oh, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, the, that the wasn't chair, inside that, the octagon. No, no, that's purely bus. a uh, yeah. training method. And uh, that actually injured some fighters who couldn't actually fight that night because they got cut up by the broken glass. So it wasn't exactly the smartest move going around. And I tell you what, if it was anybody else, they would have been out on their ass, I reckon. But they know. Didn't he get arrested for seats Connors gets? He got arrested for that, didn't he? Oh, definitely. He he Um, gets arrested. He had a court appearance. I think there's a bit of uncontrolled ego that he's had in the past. Mm. And. Maybe his two more recent defeats have kind of pulled that ego back into check. Is there any chance of Conor McGregor going up against um, the the armbar girl, Ronda Rousey? Ronda Rousey, yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is that possible? Well, Ronda Rousey now is um, part of the WWE. She's now a draw card. She's done so, a couple of movies too. Eh? Yeah, yeah. She was in um, in a couple of TV shows too. So yeah, she's she's kind of gone she another need, like Adam now. Sandler movies. Like she, she'd be really good in like an Adam Sandler movie or something like that. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much money she had in the kitty after she wrapped up with the UFC, but she was certainly, to give her credit, she helped to bring uh, the women's fighters um, some credibility, and then people started watching it. And there's been some few other there uh, women fighters. Um, the one that I remember the most is a cat. Oh, I'm going to mispronounce the surname. I think it's Zimbardo. Do you know, I can't, uh, the, I can't, I can't you know the fighter, you Eddie? No, no, I don't. Um, she beat a Brazilian. It's probably one of the best fights I've seen in terms of sticking to your strategy using the long game. 
because she really copped a hiding in the first round, but just kept with the strategy, kept with the strategy and wore her down. And um, I think it was Cyborg, and someone's going to correct me, the third round she finally wore her down and it was the very, very clever strategies that she used. But her own personal story is quite interesting because, um, you know, she's... She's, I think, late 20s, early 30s, raising a kid by herself, and this is her main means of uh, making income because her husband has died. And even that's a tragic story and how that happened. Uh, and there's actually a doco video about that. Now, that would probably, uh, you know, when you hear the story about that one, that would probably make most people reconsider everything that they do do mm-hmm. without putting a spoiler on the documentary. Yeah, that's another... Um... That's another good thing about KM, and there's so many documentaries on on every, any possible sport you'd think of. That somebody's made a a docker about it. I, I spoke to Graham today at uh, the Westfield down in Liverpool. Just happened to bump into it. Nice to catch up. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, there's one I mentioned with Vladimir Klitschko and Anthony Joshua. Um, just uh, a year after their bout, um, I think they fought in. 2017 and they came back a year mm-hmm. later and um, no, they fought in 2018 they came back a year later and um, met at Wembley Stadium and just talked through the fight it was absolutely fascinating and their, their genuine respect for each other was just clearly visible it was unbelievable like I love Joshua I think he's the, the best heavyweight going around at the moment, I'm really looking forward to the Tyson Fury um Anthony Joshua fight. That'll be great. Tyson, Fu- Tyson Fury is one of the most unique heavyweights mm. I think we've seen in quite a long time. He's very quick on his feet. He's got very good ring IQ. Yes, uh, he has. And that his ability to stand up against that punch against Deontay Wilder in their first bout. Where he got up. Just to, what, <laughs> like, how could he get up from yeah, that? And I then he started he to win the round. I thought he was gone. After that, yeah, and he, he essentially won the round after yeah, that. Yeah, he and did. He should have been. He he had his gait. He was walking fine. How does that happen? There you go. Watch the documentary. Watch the documentary. They explain yeah. it all. Oh, look! I've seen the one where it's Fury versus Deontay Wilder and Fury versus Klitschko, and yeah. the fight with. Uh, Fury versus Klitschko is probably one of the best technical fights that you'll ever see because he just wore him down to the point that Klitschko just had nothing. He just could not get into his rhythm at all. It may not have been the most exciting fight to watch, but in terms of clever, it was just right up there. And I think the thing is what I'm enjoying about like USC and some of the boxing is uh, when you get beyond that instant level, these are people who are just doing biffo and at each other. When you look at the training, the preparation, the psychology, uh, what happens with the support teams, it teaches you a lot about life. Yeah. And I think that's what it really comes down to. There's got to be a lot of psychology behind it, definitely. Yeah. Mm. You can't just go out and throw your fists around. There's training, psychology, um, mm. teamwork, etc. Do you want to run through the top five heavyweights and see if you can name them? The top five Currently or all time? Yeah, right now. Currently, right now. Or Fury. Oh, number one has to be Fury. Correct. Um, Wilder. Number two. He is Uh, number two. 
Okay. Joshua. America. Joshua is number three. Is Klitschko still going around? No, he's retired. He's still going around, but he's not in the top ten. Is Klitschko still retired? He's been a bit quiet. No, I'm sure he's doing something. He's not. He's not in the top ten. Number four is Alexander Povtkin. Okay. And number five is Alexander Yusks. Number six, Andy Ruse. Seven, no, Dylan You White. went over that one very quickly there. Yeah. Well, he's, he's American, <laughs> I can say that. Ace Derek mm-hmm. Chisera. Uh, Joe Joyce is nine. And Michael Hunter is number 10. Andy Ruiz. Who I've never um, heard of. Beat Joshua in, in, in their first fight. Took the titles. Took all his belts. He only said number six. Joshua came back and beat him in the rematch. So yeah. th- interesting. Like about- you, got, you, got, you got four Englishmen in the top ten. Yeah, that's never happened. I think the style of boxing. Um, by the way, I'm not sure if Tyson Fury actually calls himself an Englishman. Just double check that. He's, he, he's a gypsy. Mm. Yeah, well, he's probably Great Britain. The Gypsy so. King. I think it's going to be and, a fascinating uh, fight, him and um, Joshua. Joshua's learned so much in the past few years, but Fury just has a way of adapting to the fighter he's fighting. Works him out. Honestly. Very, very much so. Juicy yeah. does his homework. Beneath all the bravado and the carry-on, I mean, this uh, you almost think Fury's just an old-fashioned nerd. He just researches, 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 and then works out his strategy from there. He's a funny, funner, funny fella. Yeah, absolutely. Listen to some of the crap he goes on with. It's hilarious. It's oh, like another, another doco you've got to see. It's called 42 to 1. It's about um, Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson in Japan. Oh, yeah. That is phenomenal. Did you know Douglas's mother died like three or two weeks before the fight? Do you think that was the fuel for him? Well, yeah, he was he was so close to pulling just, out. I mean, Tyson what back then was just unbeatable. Yeah, yeah, he was. And what I do still you got remember, to... Sorry, what do you think about it? Because I was so one-sided. Mm. What did you think about that fight recently with um, Tyson? Roy Jones. Yeah, Roy Jones Jr. Is he, is he still junior or is he a bit old for that now? No, he's still junior. Um, it was a bit of a, a bit overhyped. It was what it what was. It was. It, yeah, it was just you um, know, exhibition. Everyone charity. wanted to. Everyone wants to see Tyson fight. Everyone loves. I think I've seen Sid. I've, I've seen. I've seen Sid hit Carson harder. Yeah, it just the actual fight was just such a, a perfect demonstration of when fighters are past their prime. And it, it, I don't yeah, think it made a lot of money for a lot yeah. of people, right? I don't think mm. anyone benefits from it, but um, yeah, if 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 they're putting all that money towards charity, which they say they are, then yeah, that's a good thing. But um, mm. yeah, definitely. it definitely passed their prime. It was a bit depressing mm. watching them actually. Yeah, you watch Tyson was knocked up by the third round, and he's just putting around the ring and. Jones just ran for most of the fight. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Oh, God, it wasn't even much. a fight. 
got to say, they, they look a bit better than we do. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, you can imagine if you got all that money to look that fit and train that hard. I Mind you, the master's looking tim- trim and short. Well, I, I've had a bit of a self-imposed exile, but been that on might the, be a story um, for a bit later on. Been on the shakes. I want to clarify the record. I want to clarify the record. Um, when they were just saying, it's like, you know, even I've hit uh, Carson hard. I've never actually hit Carson. I've only manhandled him. Mm-hmm. Have you wanted to, though? Oh, come on. I mean, you, you, everybody's had their moments. <laughs> yes. There is a technicality because this podcast is called Men Talking Over Beer. Yeah. Which is something that I won't be able to do from now on. Yeah, I know. I I was on board with you. I was, like, doing Men Talking Over Coffee. i got to admit, and probably about 90% of, like, the podcast and the other one I've been involved in, I've been having tea more than anything alcoholic. Maybe once or twice I've had a beer because uh, the, the, the irony is I've really had lost the taste for alcohol. I, I think don't the think only there's anything where I really had some was time. one obvious exception. Yeah. There's nothing shocking in that. As you get older, you just can't drink as much as you used to. That's just one of those things. I just really lost the taste, and I was yeah. increasingly losing the taste as I was getting older. Mm. And it's like, okay, a couple of exceptions, extremely hot day, cold beer still tasted nice. You know, or maybe a cold white still tasted nice, but uh, I might treat myself with the odd small bourbon. But, uh, I mean, with the exception of my birthday last year, oh, my God, I hardly drank. I hardly drank the year before that. I've got to admit, I've got to come clean. We had a um, New Year's Eve thing here. Mary Ann's friends came over. We both put in a big performance that night. We We were on... Black Sambuca shots with Baileys. Um, Marianne ended up in bed with two buckets beside her. and Oh, wow. Yeah, big night. Absolutely huge night. But, yeah, we paid for it the next day. We had the family come over again New Year's Day. And it was, a, it was and bad. And to quote Mr Leahy from Trailer Park Boys, did you <laughs> let liquor do the talking? Yes. Yeah, Mr. that's what Leahy. it sounded like to me. He died, the actor played Mr. Lee. Oh, God, I am watching the latest series that they put out. Remember, there was a five or six year gap? And I'm watching that, and I've probably got about a a series and a half to go. And there's a bit of sadness when you realise that pretty much they pulled the plug because he passed away prematurely. But I can't help watching the bloke just thinking, he's an extraordinary actor. And for a guy... It's not that easy to pull off playing that drunk <laughs> and so convincingly like he did. He was fantastic. I and mean, that that series was fantastic. And I never would have heard about yeah. it unless you'd um, let me the DVDs. I've only I've seen a bit of it, um, but I'm not at the level you guys are yet. Hopefully soon. You know, that, that old cliche can chip, crack a joke with some Americans and they don't get it. Not, not like our type of humour, but you crack jokes with them at Canadians and they seem to get it straight away. So we're we going back to um, what Eddie just mentioned. Slightly uh, we got Yeah, we've got uh, a couple of minutes. I might, I might stop it now and then we'll come back in, maybe address the master's busted ass and um, we should be done. Mm-hmm. All right, no worries. Sounds good. <laughs>